Hello and welcome to the eTalk 21 Sports Podcast for January 8th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind eTalk 21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at eTalk21, on Instagram for the sports betting stuff at eTalk21 Sports underscore. For free horse racing picks at eTalk21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing. And for free fantasy football advice at etop 21 sports underscore fantasy how is everyone doing today can we believe we finally made it we're in the final week of the nfl season and i just want to give a quick thank you to a couple people number one i want to say thank you to my boy gino bacala two years ago gino had me come on his podcast and we've been talking football ever since so i want to say thank you for him also, he has opened up the door for me to go on Better Than Vegas. One of the things I've always wanted to do is talk NFL. And I am talking NFL live every Sunday with Gino and Brian. So thank you for Brian. Thank you to Better Than Vegas for having me a part of what you guys are doing. Enjoyed it. Looking forward to next year and everything that could bring. Um, with that, a couple things. We are discussing having a live watch party during that live watch party. Just kind of helping you guys with the live bets, thoughts, everything going on in the game. That should be fun. May have some guests come on during that. And also transitioning to NBA and college basketball. I think we're going to have a show every Saturday around noon. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, Transitioning off. Big stuff happening. And, yeah, I mean, stuff is going full-blown for ETOF21 Sports. And thank you guys for being a part of it. In terms of last week, I am sorry that I wasn't here last week, but I was with my parents. I was celebrating the new year. Don't get to see my parents enough. Decided to stay a little, a couple more extra days. Had the nephews there. Don't see them nearly as much as I should. So I was just kicking with the family. So my apologies for that. Plus, with the New Year's, with the college football playoffs, I really didn't think you guys wanted to hear my ass ramble about sports because... I just didn't think so. So I apologize for not being there, but we are back. We have a new season starting and I am insanely looking forward to big things are happening this year. Uh, Moving forward on this podcast, Jason, who's coming on later to talk Alabama, Georgia. He is going to be coming on any time before a UFC pay-per-view kind of deep dive into the pay-per-view card, talk who we like and everything, probably for the summer. That's going to probably start the weekend of the 12th Super Bowl weekend. So we're probably going to we're going to start there, do a little bit more UFC. And then starting for the Daytona 500, Brandon is coming back. Brandon and I are going to be talking every single week. There's a NASCAR week. We're going to do some live DFS contests, some watch parties, some live streams, the whole nine yards. Really looking forward to everything Brandon and I have going on with NASCAR. A lot of ideas on the table. So looking forward to that. So like I said, big things happening for ETOF21 Sports. I wouldn't be here without you guys, so I appreciate it. Thank you for everything. And also, I'm starting to notice I'm getting some international listeners. So thank you to you guys. Um, Just kind of crazy how this podcast has taken off in the small time it's been around. For today's show, it's basically going to be the same. I'm going to talk a little DFS build for the Sunday slate. Saturday slate, I'm excited to announce that I'll be doing a weekly blog on better than Vegas. And I'll just kind of be posting for fantasy football for the rest of the NFL season, all the way up to the Super Bowl, kind of helping you build a DFS lineup for that. So looking forward to make sure you set reminders for that. I will continue to be doing DFS builds on here. I'll kind of make them a little different. So you guys, it's not that repetitive for you guys. Then we're going to have Jason, who I mentioned before, AKA Bully the Lion's going to come on. We're going to talk Georgia and Alabama. And then to end the show, David Alpha underscore analytics is going to come on and we're going to talk a little Raiders, Chargers, and a couple other games from the NFL Sunday. Let's jump right into the DFS build for Sunday. Reminder, I'll be having a blog that comes on better than Vegas where I break down the NFL Saturday DFS slate and kind of tell you the guys I'm building around. So let's start off at the quarterback position. Now, It's always tricky this final week of the season to kind of find people that are playing for stuff, teams that are playing for stuff and everything. Let's look at the top price, guys. You have Josh Allen. They're laying 17 points against the Jets. Yes, I know the Jets defensively are horrible, and I know they need to win, but there's a high probability they steamroll this game and they run the ball to end it. So I don't want to pay up for Josh Allen. Next, you have Aaron Rodgers. 
this line movement in this game suggests that if Rodgers plays, which he may not play at all, it's going to be limited, maybe a quarter, maybe a half. I don't want anything of him. I don't want anything of Tom Brady. I don't think Brady is going to play. I don't want anything of Kyler. The man that I want is Matt Stafford. Now, this is why I want Matt Stafford. He is only 6700 so we're paying down, which is opening up some stuff. The Rams need to win. The 49ers are insanely depleted in the back four. They are just giving up yards to everyone. They made Russell Gage look like Jerry Rice. Now, with that being said, I know why not take Cooper Cup, Eric? Cooper Cup needs, uh, what is it, 136 yards and 13 receptions to break the record. Cooper Cup is over nine grand. I don't want to pay that much money for a wide receiver. If I take Matt Stafford, I'm going to get the production that Cooper Cup has, plus I'm going to have the production from everybody else. And on top of that, everyone's caught up in the Cooper Cup. He needs this. He needs that. I'm looking at Matt Stafford's contract. Matt Stafford needs two more yards for 40 TDs, which is an, an undisclosed contract bonus. He also needs 352 yards for 5,000 yards, which is another contract undisclosed bonus with all that adding up and how and with how bad the 49ers are against wide receivers i don't want to pick and choose what wide receiver from the rams i want to have i'm going to take matt stafford where i can have production from every single wide receiver so i'm locking matt stafford in at 6700 on DraftKings. now the second player we're going to knock in three as we always do is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. I wish I knew how to quick you, Brandon motherfucking Cooks. Now, here is the thing. Why am I locking in Brandon Cooks? He averages nine targets per game. He accounts for a 26% target share. And he's missed one game. He hasn't been on the field for one game, and he still leads them in targets and target shares, getting over a quarter of all the targets. He is only 13 receptions away from 100 on the year, which is a 200K bonus. I really feel that they're going to look to go to Cooks in this situation. The Titans are the second worst in terms of fantasy production to opposing wide receivers. I really think that Cooks is in line for a huge day. I think he's going to eat against this Titans secondary. And Davis Mills has been playing better. The Texans are averaging one more yard per play than they did at the beginning of the year. I love him here. I locked him in. I'm locking in Cooks. And that's the thing. I'm not going to pay up 9700 for Cooper Cup. I'm not going to pay 9400 for Devontae Adams, who may not play a full game. I'm not going to play up 8500 for Debo, who could have Jalen Ramsey shadowing him. I'm not going to pay up for Jamar Chase, who may not play at all. I'm not going to pay up for Justin Jefferson. The interesting one is Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs does have some contract stuff, which makes it advantageous for him to have a full game with the bonuses and everything. So he will be one of the guys I lock in and one in the player pool, but not the guy that I need a full production for. I need full production from Brandon Cooks. Plus, Diggs is 7,800. We go down. I mean, Brandon Cooks... Brandon Cooks is $6,300. Listen to the guys that are priced more than him. DK Metcalf, who really hasn't done anything this year. Utter disappointment. Armand St. Brown. He's been good for the Lions the last couple of weeks, but look at his full body of work. Nor Lear Cooks. Tyler Lockett. Jalen Waddle. I mean, I $6,300 for Brandon Cooks on DraftKings is an absolute steal. Let's lock that mofo in. Now, normally on tight ends, it is Kelsey, but you know what? Kelsey plays on Saturday, so it cannot be Travis Kelsey today, guys. We are going to go in the opposite direction, and we're going to look for Mark Andrews. Now, why are we going with Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews, A, accounts for a 25% target share for Ravens wide receivers. He needs one more reception to get to 100 receptions, and more importantly, he needs 141 more yards to set the record for all-time yardage by a tight end in the season. Now, 
the Ravens, the season's been a disappointment with the injuries and whatnot. It's basically done. They announced today, no Lamar Jackson, that Huntley's going to be playing. So in my eyes, they're basically waving the flag on the season. But Harbaugh, we all saw what Harbaugh did at the rushing record. He forced it. And I expect the same thing to happen. I expect him to force the ball to Mark Andrews to get him this 141 yards. And because of that, I want Mark Andrews in my lineup. I want the guaranteed 15 points from the tight end position. And I believe by locking in Mark Andrews, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be locking in 15 points of that tight end position. So we're going to lock in Mark Andrews. So the three guys we're building around, Matt Stafford, Brandon Cooks, and Mark Andrews. Now, for my Saturday build, make sure you set those reminders and check about 1, 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock Central on Better Than Vegas, and I will have your Saturday build posted on, the, on their website. It's hard to believe, but the college football season is coming to the end. And who else to talk college football? He did our betting preview at the beginning of the year. We both handed out Georgia plus 600, so we're in great shape. Jason, a.k.a. Bully the Line. Jason, how you doing today, man? Good, man. How you doing, Eric? Hope you had a good uh, New Year, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. I, it's it's crazy to believe. It seems like time is just fucking flying right now, man. Oh, I, I do. I, I agree, man. Uh, the bowl season, you know, flew by a blink of an eye as well, man. I can't, can't believe the championship's already here. It's crazy. Yeah, it's... it's don't know what you got till it's over. That's all I'm thinking right now because <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yep, yep. I mean, I at least we'll have a little USFL to talk about. And uh, you and I talked, uh, you're going to be coming on the show a little bit in the summer uh, doing some UFC stuff. Yeah, I'll do some UFC, some NASCAR, man. I'm going to start watching a little bit more college basketball, more uh-huh. uh, coming up soon. But still, still watching hockey, man. I got a trip to Boston uh, in a couple of weeks. We're going to go watch a Bruins game. Uh, so excited about that. So still, still watching the ice a little bit, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive into a lot of NASCAR and UFC coming up, man. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna dip my toe in that, see how it goes. Nice, nice, nice. Looking forward to it. Um, well, we got Georgia, we got Alabama. So first thing, I mean, let's just like both of us gave out Georgia plus six hundred. For those of you that tailed the bet, um, right now I'm looking at. We're gonna. I'm just gonna. Figure out, let me see, look at bet stamp. The best money line right now for Bama is about plus 125-ish. If you put on one unit, we'll say one unit's 100 bucks, uh, 100 to Georgetown plus 600, that means you're getting back 600. How much would you put on this Bama money line to hedge? Man, uh, honestly, I am not like a hedge type guy. I know that sounds... Uh, Sounds like shit. Cause I mean, I think every you know the the, the main reason why you bet is to make money and a profit. Uh, you know, at the at the end of the day. Um, but when it comes to hedging, man, if I don't have like a decent, I mean, I mean, couple of grand on the line, I'm probably not going to hedge. I'm going to stick with my guns uh, and stick with my bet. Kind of moving for that's the personality uh, way I roll. If you got a couple of grand sitting there, and you're about to win. Absolutely hedge, hedge it, hedge it on. Uh, you know, Alabama money line. Lock in a profit, absolutely. Um, but as for myself, I, I'm not gonna hedge. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it, let it roll. Um, you know, when it comes to this actual game, and I'm just not gonna hedge. So uh, that's kind of like where I stick to that. Uh, I don't know if you're a, more of a hedger than me, but I kind of stick with my guns and uh, just let the bet play out. For me, it kind of depends what I got on it. I mean, this is a low yeah, ROI. Yeah, yeah. This is plus six hundred. I put a hundred on it to win six hundred. 100 bucks isn't going to make or break yeah. my bankroll. So I'm going to let it fly. Yeah. I really believe the last time I hedged was I had the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 100 to win the East, plus 200 to win the NBA title when they were up 2-0 against the Raptors. That was actually the last time I hedged a bet. I hedged a future, um, which I'm kind of yeah. glad I, I did. But that was kind of different. I had 100 to 1 and 200 to 1. Those are completely different scenarios than oh, yeah. 6 to 1. Oh, yeah. So I can totally totally agree with what you're saying. I would I'm I, I would not hedge this one at all. So now let's look into the game. Uh the SEC championship game. Bama obviously won 41 to 24. And when I look into it, those 41 points 
account for 30%, actually 34.4% of total points scored on the Georgia's D for the year, which is astronomical if you really think about Absolutely. it. Um, yeah. I really feel, though, that now this is just my take on the game. I'll give my two cents on the game and everything, then you'll give your two cents. Um, I really just feel that Georgia was trying some different stuff out. They were missing some key pieces. Bama's offensive line was healthy, was intact, and Kirby kind of had the mindset, hey, let's try some different stuff. We're already locked in to get, get into the yeah, into the semifinals. So I kind of feel that that game I'm going to kind of throw away. I did a little historical dive. There's been 22 times where teams that have played each other in the regular season had a rematch in a bowl game or in like the playoff system and 15 and seven to the team that lost. So I'm not going to overreact to that. I think Georgia is the better team. I think their defense is going to play better. And when Michi went out for Bama, what Georgia started doing in the second half is they just started blitzing. They started rushing six, blitzing six, blitzing five. I think that's going to be the thing. I think they're going to blitz the shit out of this Alabama because their offensive line is a little banged up. They had some injuries in the Cincinnati game. And I found a Georgia plus minus two and a half. I'm actually double dipping down on my future, believe it or not. Nice. Yeah, it's hard to bet against Nick Saban. I mean, I really think it would be funny if he kind of just went, he would go from program to program. Like, he goes up to UConn for three years, sees if he can get them rolling, you know, goes to, like, some rando college, uh, you know, just kind of, like, makes his tour around. But, yeah, it's hard to go against them. But I, I just feel that Georgia, just from top to bottom, is a better team. And here's a little bit of a trivia question for you, putting you on your spot. Who was the last quarterback? Oh, sorry. Who was the quarterback the last time Georgia beat Alabama? Uh, dude, I have uh, maybe. Uh, uh, shit, uh, could, I couldn't tell you, man. I have no, no idea. You got me on that one. John Matthew Stafford in two thousand and seven. I mean, I'm not surprised by that. A walk-off touchdown in overtime. That was the last time that they played all the way back in 2007. Um, wow. It's, I get it. It's 
it's hard to go against Saban. It really is. But I just kind of feel like this is it. This is Georgia's time. Alabama's got some questions on the offensive line. I feel they're going to be able to create some pressure and might make Bryce Young uncomfortable. But that actually leads me to the first prop I'm betting. Um, because I really feel Georgia is going to rush six, is going to rush five. Alabama does have some injuries on the offensive line. Young is going to be forced to run. I locked in the over 10 and a half rushing yards, which can be found in bet online. How do you feel about that bad boy? No, I, I do like that. I, I think, uh, I think a lot, I think, I think Nick Saban is going to probably going to do the exact opposite he did in the SEC championship game this year. I think that's the only way you kind of can play it. And the way that, uh, you know, Georgia tried to run the ball on first down on a majority of, you know, of their plays in the SEC championship game, they were forced to kind of throw the ball. But yeah, when you say we have the offensive line question marks, it's going to definitely make, uh, you know, uh, the quarterback run, run the ball. So I do, I do like that over 10 and a half yards per uh, prop. Um, the next prop I locked in is I really feel that Alabama is going to try to take the, the rushing game away from um, Georgia, and they're going to force uh, Stenson Bennett to try to beat him from the air. And with that being said, I think we're going to be able to look for the Georgia running backs to have good games through the air. I found Zaheer White, another one on bet online, over six and a half yards receiving. I mean, that is tempting. I'm going to hammer that all day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. When you get those, those low uh, kind of yard props, man, they're just so hard to not take. Oh. That goes, goes for a lot of sports like that, you know? Oh. It's absolutely just like, man, you just want to pull the trigger immediately. For sure. For sure. I love that one. Um, the next one I'm going to bet is I really feel like Robinson from Alabama, he's being overvalued in the market. Um, I feel that this Georgia defense, you're not going to be able to run on like they were able to run on the Cincinnati. And like I've said yeah. numerous times, they have injuries in the front four. Sorry, injuries in the front five, the offensive line. I locked in Robinson under 60 and a half yards rushing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, that's one thing. We're kind of on the, definitely on the same page. This, this Georgia run defense, man, I'm all in on them, man. They are, they're stout. They're legit. Uh, and that's one thing I think that's going to make, uh, uh, you know, Alabama go to the air. And there's going to be a lot of coverage on, uh, you know, Jameis Williams, uh, you know, their main receiver there. And I think it's going to open up a lot of, uh, you know, prop. That's some of the prop bets I'm rolling into, man, uh, as well as uh, receiving in for Alabama. I think it's going to open up a lot of those. And I'll, and I'll go into which ones I'm going to be rolling with, too. But uh, that, that, that Georgia run defense, man, is, gonna be, is, is legit. Now, another. Another player prop I locked in is Pickens, over 30 and a half receiving yards. Um, I think he's going to get five targets in the game. He's going to be matched up against freshman Kool-Aid McKenzie. I kind of like Kool-Aid McKenzie just because my dog's name is Kool-Aid, and this is the only other person <laughs> who I've met with the name Kool-Aid. But, uh, yeah, I like that prop. I like home run Pickens a lot here. I think he's going to be able to get some big explosive plays. I locked in the over 30 and a half yards, and that was found on DraftKings. What do you like? Do you like that prop? Yeah, man. Hey, it's, hey, it's kind of like horse racing, man. If you if you see uh, like a name or something that resonates with you when it comes to like a horse name, you gotta play it. You oh. see Kool Aid, man. You gotta you gotta play it. That, uh, that is like automatic. If your dog's name is Kool Aid, you gotta play it. that. That there, there's a no brainer there. And uh, the last one I locked in. You have explosive athletes playing on a fast field. Longest touchdown over 54 and a half yards. I like it, man. I, I want to see, I, I, you know, I'm probably not going to, I really don't like playing those type bets, but I do want to see some air attack, man. They're gonna, you know those teams have to throw the ball if they're going to want to score points. So Alabama's got the receivers to do it. So, uh, and I mean, this could be from either team. So either team hits an explosive play touchdown, yeah, you know, yeah. that's it. So yeah. I, I yeah, like absolutely. that. Um, the over-under, before we dive into your player props, Rowan, real quick question. The over-under sitting at 52. One of the props I usually lock in is more points second half than first half. I haven't done it in this one. Um, do you have any feel on first half under, game under? I mean, the first half under is sitting at about 26, 26 and a half, depending on the book you use. The game under is 52, 50, 52 and a half. Any, any sides on the total or, 
or anything. I think, uh, yeah, I think the under first half is a good play because I think both teams are really going to need because uh, they played each other before. Uh, one of two things: they're either going to steal each other out or they're going to try to knock them in the mouth early. Uh, either, either team. Uh, but I think the under first half has a little bit of. Uh, I think is a, is a good play. I think I think it just kind of seals you know kind of seals things out both sides of the ball. Maybe play a little bit more conservative or whatever the case is. Um, so yeah, I can leave the under twenty six first half and then you know look for things to kind of really open up second half. Okay. Now, what are the player props you locked in? Yeah, man. Um, you know, when it comes to like like I was talking about the Georgia run defense, I think it's going to have to make uh, Alabama throw the ball again. Um, I think a lot of focus is going to be on Jamison Williams, one of their main receivers, which is going to open up, you know, a little bit of less coverage on some other guys. I really do like uh, uh, Jaheel Bingley, uh, over 14 and a half receiving yards. He hasn't been in the passing game that lot, a lot, you know, this kind of this year, but uh, even in the last couple of games. But I think, uh, you know, it's just one of those games where that one unlikely guy kind of steps up, and I think that, you know, that, that him at that tight end position, I think he'll open up. So I like the receiving yards, minus 110. Over 14 and a half yards, man. I think uh, uh, he can get there with that. And then also, um, uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, over two and a half receptions. Uh, he uh, He's coming on strong here late in the season. He, um, you know, he had, he had an in, uh, he didn't uh, play, uh, he didn't have a catch the first nine games of the season. Um, and then he had one reception the following two games. He scored one of the tying touchdowns uh, against, uh, Auburn just in that game in overtime pretty much saved their national championship hopes. Uh, and then he's then he's definitely stepped his game up. Um, you know, next game against Cincinnati with uh, uh, John Meachie's uh, injury. So he had four catches, 66 yards, and a TD. So he's stepping up into that, uh, you know, stepping up where he needs to play as a freshman. Uh, you know, he's 6'3", 190 pounds, man, so good, you know, good height for a receiver. I like him over two and a half receptions on uh, Tuesday. I, li- I like him to get um, you know his receptions uh, on there. So those are two I'm going to be playing uh, player prop wise. I might add another one. I might also look at uh, Brock Bowers to some tight end props there. I think he's pretty much like a cheat code for, for Georgia. Uh, so I'm going to be look at some of those two as well later on in the week. And then I also just sprinkled a little bit plus nine hundred. Man, this game may go into overtime, kind of like that 2017 matchup. Uh, I think it's, I think it's going to be a close game, so uh, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on it going into overtime uh, as well. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, when you have these two teams that are so close in talent, this this game could easily go down to an overtime. Um, one of everyone's always favorite bets is, and I mean, out of any bet, this is the bet I always get asked upon the most, and I'm probably the worst at betting this stuff. Uh, first time touchdown. Any anybody? I mean, you mentioned B, Bingsley. He's at plus twenty three hundred. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of people in the market. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I I hate it. There's no way I'm gonna take anyone under twenty to one. So for me, yeah, that basically eliminates Williams, Bowers, Robinson, White, Pickens, Cook, Bolden, Brooks, and Burton. Um, Bingsley plus 2,300 is tempting. Trey Sanders plus 2,800. Bryce Young, 3,200. Georgia's D and Alabama's D are both 34-1. Any idea on that, or is that just something like you just have no interest in betting? Dude, uh, you know, if I had to, uh, you know, pick one, I'd go Billingsley, man. Uh, plus three twenty-five, the tight end. Uh, you know, kind of those. I, I like those red zone tight end sort of touchdown props. They're usually pretty mm-hmm. good, man. Um, if, you know, if I just had to go value wise, I, I would go there. I think he's one of those players that a lot of people are going to overlook because he hasn't been, um, you know, you know, performing, you know, you know, being in the spotlight there, uh, you know, on that offense. So he's a guy that could sneak in there. I wish that number was a little bit higher, but. Um, Plus three twenty five, man, is not a, not a bad um, you know price for him. I think he could easily score. What about plus twenty three hundred as first time touchdown score? Oh, for, oh, first time, yeah, um, yeah. Those man, I, I've tried a few of those in the NFL this year, man. I, just, I got burnt, man. I'm not. Um, yeah, those are I, tough. I, I'm not good at those, man. Th- those are tough. Those are, that is tough, man. Yeah. That is like a lottery ticket. 
I would much rather do anytime touchdown. I mean, so. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the price is a bit lower, but yeah. Jason, anything you want to add about this game? What's your final score prediction? No, man, I think it's going to be close, man. I think it's going to be a, a close game with an under similar to 2017, man. I, I think it's going to be, um, you know, like that 21-24 type of deal. Um, I'm going with Alabama, man, plus three. I'm not going to bet against Saban. Uh, and if I lose my bet, I won't feel that bad about it. Uh, I am taking Georgia. As everyone knows, I'm heavily invested in this. I'm actually doubling down. Probably not the smartest thing to do, but you know what? It's been a hell of a bowl season for me. So I'm going to take Georgia 24, Alabama 20. Jason, thanks for coming on. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media and everything? Yeah, if you want, give me a follow on uh, Twitter, at BullyTheLine. Yeah, at BullyTheLine on Twitter. And um, and we can do some sports betting talk, but hopefully, thanks thanks for bringing me on, man. Hopefully, I'll do this again. Sounds good, man. Let's cash some tickets on Monday, and uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. So with the final week of the NFL season upon us, week 18, I thought, who else to come on, talk some bets and everything? David, a.k.a. Alpha underscore analytics on Instagram. David, how are you doing today, my man? Good. How are you doing, Eric? You know what? It is a robust one degrees. Felt like negative 17 here in Chicago. I have my heat on. I have the fireplace on. I went to take the dog out this morning. He did one of those things. He walked out, and then he like immediately just walked back in. He, he just looked up at me and was like, F this noise. Other than the frigid cold, I'm doing spectacular. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we had that kind of weather out here in Denver about a you know a weekend ago, but now we're sitting at 56 again, so i to Denver in crazy Colorado. I mean, that is the weather that I fucking miss right now, but... I mean, like, the, we had a big snowstorm on the 1st, and I love that stuff. But then, like, the stuff that follows the snowstorm, when there's snow on the ground, it's just rad-ass cold. That's the shit I hate. Um, yeah, I don't blame you. So, we're just going to give our thought process on some games. You and I talk about some games we're going to talk about. Let's, um, let's hop into it. First game, the Colts at the Jaguars. The line right now is 15 and a half for the Jaguars. And the money line is Jaguars plus 730 with the over under 43 and a half. Do you have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, as far as sides go with the spread, I I think uh, I think the, the Jags are getting a significant amount of points here. Um, you know, for everything that I've modeled, this this line should be closer to ten. Um and, you know, overall points is right about, you know, that I'm projecting is right around 47. So I think, you know, the over-under isn't a play for me, but if I had a play um, right now early, and to your point, uh, I've actually watched this line go down in a half. I think other people are starting to pick up on the points being too high um, for the Jags. And, you know, there's, there's obviously some other trends there in terms of the Colts as well. You know, they haven't actually beaten the Jags at home in quite some time, I think since like 2014. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I've, I'm looking at about a six-point advantage for Jacksonville right now. I mean, you know, it's it, it's, it's week 18, we're going to say, you know, first time they're, you know, they're going through this whole season with, you know, an additional week here. And, you know, um, Jacksonville's got nothing to lose other than just a home game. So, I, I definitely think they've got the incentive to play. Um, you know, hopefully play well. So, you know, I'm sure Lawrence has being that top QB that they're looking for. And, you know, I definitely am taking the points for Jacksonville in this one. Yeah, I, I locked in the Jags here. I got some I got some stats for you, my friend, and I, I know you're going to be proud of me for this for this <laughs> stuff, okay? Uh, Go for it. Carson Wentz is, I think he's like 32nd in interceptions thrown. Uh, he has six. Guess who leads the NFL in interception-worthy throws? Carson Wentz. Gotta be, yeah, I gotta be Wentz. Yeah, so, but I mean, like, so that means, like, the regression is gonna come back. He's due for a game where, like, the stuff, the, the balls that he's, the, the balls that are throwing are gonna go the other way. There's no way you can, like, throw that many shitty passes and have them not be picked off. Um, right. Teams that need to win to get into the playoffs since 2003 are 38%. ATS in must in in winning you get in. 
Um, right. And another against the spread trend that I found, teams that have can't come off losing by 28 points or more the following week are 66% against the spread. Because I, I, I mean, that to me just shows, like you said, vast overreaction in the market. I think this number is too high. And if you look in the box score the last time they played, the Jags actually outgained the Colts, which is astronomical to think. So I'm like you. I actually got a little higher. I got it at 16 a couple days ago. So I like the Jags. So um, that's where I initially modeled it at. That's how I could actually tell that the line is heading in our favor, that we're yeah. actually getting you know, value for the points of where we got it early in the week. I mean, I modeled this thing probably like Tuesday, Tuesday right after the Lions came out, and I had it at 16 as well, and yeah. it's already down to 15 now that I just looked at, at another book right now. So we got a whole point advantage in our favor right now. And I think that's just the direction it's going to continue to go because a two-touchdown advantage, two scores like that, that's that's tough. I mean, I'm, that's tough for any NFL team, no matter you know what the advantage may look like on paper. Um, you know, and especially to hear it here in Week 18 for motivation reasons. I mean, I'll take that all day. Oh, for sure. And these these teams with these these Jags guys, these guys are trying to put stuff on film for the next coach. Bevel's trying to get it. Exactly. Like, Bevel's trying to get a get a coaching job, get an OC job. He's trying to, mo- you know what I mean. So this whole narrative that people have, oh, they don't want to lose the first pick and win the game, that's just horseshit in my eyes. I mean, I would actually, I would even sprinkle a little bit on the money line. I know it sounds a little ballsy, but an NFL team at plus 730, you know, uh, to me, you got to put a little bit on the money line here too. Um, yeah, these, these are still professionals, right? Yeah. This is still pro sports. So, you know, when you're seeing a line that big, I, I don't blame you. I would, I would sprinkle a little on the money line myself. Now, the next game, and I was, I like, I literally have just spent, since, like, we texted earlier, the last two hours trying to make a video. Like, you remember that old school movie, um, God, what was it? Brokeback Mountain, where the guy goes, I wish I knew how to quit you. Like, I was trying to do, like, my ETOF 2-1 sports emblem, and then Davis Mills being the other guy. Because it seems like I'm always talking myself into betting this Texans team. Um, I found some a really interesting. You know, and, and I feel like the last time we, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but you know, the last time I remember us talking and doing one of these, we, I remember even being in favor of the Texans at that point, pointing out, hey, ever since they've named Davis Mills a starter, Texas has been covering. Yeah, <laughs> like, and winning in some cases. You like, know, this this has been my team. There's always like one team this year I kind of adopt. At the beginning of the season, it looked like it was going to be the Minnesota Vikings, but now I've kind of threw them out. Now it's been the Houston Texans. And if you look at that yeah. game like last week, they were in control of that game. They got some awful calls that went against them in the second half. Um, I just think that 10 is way too many points. Uh, they're averaging a whole, like, to your point, since Davis Mills took over they're averaging a whole yard and a half more per play which is absolutely ludicrous um this team is going to play they should have covered last week against the 49ers um now i mentioned that 28 point thing teams that have won by 28 points or more the following week they are 44 percent against against the spread just because there's the overreaction of the big number. And the Tennessee did win by more than 28 against the Dolphins. I think 10 is way too many points in a second game in interdivision. I like the Texans here at plus 10. I actually sprinkled a little bit on the money line. What what say you? So I'm right there with you, uh, except I got them at 10 and a half earlier oh, in the week. So there you go. again, line, line heading in our favor. Um, you know, and, and yeah, to that point, I mean, Texans at home and, you know, consistent starter right now with Mills. Um, you know, I got this line actually under a touchdown. So, actually, I see the line more around six um, for in favor of the Titans. So, you know, it is it is one of those things where it's like, you know, you really got to judge whether or not you think home team is actually going to cover and win. But, you know, I, again, that like I just talked about, you know, for Jacksonville, like, we're talking about a home team here with a two-score advantage um, that's, you know, has has every reason to play and, you know, and, and play well. So 
I I absolutely agree. I think uh, I think the Texans are gonna. I think Texans are the play at ten and a half or ten, depending on the end of that line's come down to ten now. I also see an advantage here with the, the over under. Um, currently, you know, Vegas line I think is sitting at forty three with the points, and I actually project this more around like thirty four, thirty five. So, you know, I, I'm looking at about an eight point advantage to actually bet the under uh, in this game as well. Now, also, like, there's certain trends I'm in. I'm not this big, like, every fourth game, blah, 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 covers the spread. But, like, with coaches, there's certain coaches I like to take as favorite, sorry, take as dogs and fade as favorites. And Mike Vrabel is in that category. This guy is 48% ATS as a favorite. So, I mean, I love fading Vrabel here. I'm totally with you. You got the better number. You beat me by the number by half a point. So let's go Texans here. Um, And I'll say this. If the Texans do win this, I'm going to buy myself a nice, big, sexy Davis Mills jersey that I can rock next year when he's he's probably the backup quarterback somewhere in the league. Um, (laughs) We're going to, like, if it's a pointless game, you know, and don't get me wrong, none of these games are pointless, but we're only going to kind of focus on the quote unquote more important games. Um, the next game that we're going to step into is the Steelers. They're playing the Ravens. The Ravens just announced that Lamar is out again. Huntley's playing. Um, this line has started at six, but it's dipped all the way down to Steelers plus three and a half. Do you have any any idea on this game, any action on this game? So I haven't put any action on this game, dude. Just kind of what you mentioned, right? I'm still kind of watching, like... Some, some games I do wait a little bit longer. I mean, this is one of them. Um, since this was within like a one score kind of thing and Ravens at home, I mean, my model leans heavily towards the Ravens. Um, have them covering almost by two scores um, as a favorite, you know, according to my model. So I am just kind of watching for which players are going to be playing and, um, you know, kind of go from there situationally. But, you know, even with... Even with Lamar out, if Huntley's playing, I'm still I, I might play the Ravens on this one. Um, you know, like I said, because I, I don't have any value with the total over under. I'm almost very close to them. Vegas totals at forty and a half right now. I've got the model sitting at like thirty seven. So for me, I don't find value in terms of that number at the total. But I do have it in favor of the Ravens, and I know as many close games as they've recently had to lose within you know one to two points or even a field goal if you will i mean you know i i could see them coming out at home and just you know trying to have a strong exclamation point to the end of their season um you know for what it's worth but yeah i i'm definitely just kind of sitting on this one right now it's definitely in my queue of you know something to place a bet on if i have to place a bet it's going to be with the Ravens. so Ravens are nothing for me right now. I'm kind of hoping it gets down to three. Um, I think the Ra- the Ravens are they're technically still in it, so they're not going to lay an egg. And also something that I found out is even if they get down early and there's like hypothetically, let's say there's some turnovers, they get down a, a quick 14 or a quick 21, they're not going to throw in the towel. Mark Andrews is only 141 yards away from breaking the all-time season um, – all-time season record for uh, yard, reception yards by a tight end this season. So I really think, like, they're going to try to get him that record. You know what I mean? With him being so close. Yep. Um, and Harbaugh's a record guy. We saw that early in the year in the game against the Broncos. He purposely yep. ran the ball when he could have taken the knee because he wanted the record. So, yeah, I think I like that play a lot. If this gets down to a three, I'm going to be in. But at three and a half right now, I think I'm going to wait a little bit more. Um, I'm gonna wait. I, I definitely think it's even worth pursuing, you know, buying the hook on that. Um, I, I I hear you though. I mean, I'm not one to ever purchase points if I can avoid it, but you know, that's it's the hook that we're talking about. And and yeah, I think they have a lot of incentive to keep playing. Like you just mentioned, Mark Andrews, every, all those other selling points to me. I mean, uh, like I said, already targeting the Ravens, but <laughs> you might have pushed me over the edge just watching this line a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, I want the three, though. I mean, this is kind of a dead zone. I really think, yeah. like, you know, why rush? You know, we're not we, – we have no value yeah. here. This isn't like the Texans or the Jaguars where we got ahead of the market. Right. You know, let's just kind of sit it out. Let's just kind of wait. 
Um, before we go on to the New, New England games, I totally spaced those games on Saturday. Um, <clears throat> excuse any, I mean, these games, I don't know. Like, I'll tell you where my head is, and then you tell me what what you think. Uh, the first game is KC Denver. That's 10.5 over under 45. I look at this as this is kind of, for me, I'm going to take Denver or I'm not going to play. That's too many points for me to lay as KC on the road. Um, that's my thought process in that game. To me, it's Denver or nothing. I really have no statistical stuff or side matchup to say anything. To me. I just look at it, too many points, second game, second game interdivision. Do you have any thoughts on the KC Broncos game? Yeah, actually, I mean, out of the two um, games for Saturday right now, and I was actually just trying to look at some first half lines as well. Um, yeah, to, to your point, right, it is Denver or nothing. And and that is exactly how I view the game as well. I mean, I kind of love that you took the words out of my mouth there. But, you know, actually the value from a statistical point of view or straight unbiased model perspective is that this line for KC is too high. Um, you know, it's it was 10.5 or is 10.5 right now. And, um, you know, my model's got this more at, like, you know, five-point advantage for KC. Um you know, no no advantage statistically within the within the total itself, but yeah, for me it would. I mean, again, you're talking about a two score, you know, advantage to, you know, the, to Denver home home team that maybe wants to see what they can play for in terms of next year and you know show off some people and you know everything like that. So uh, yeah, I definitely see see that as a Denver or nothing play as well. Yeah, because nothing motivates people more than money. And that whole coaching staff is coaching for their next job, especially the coordinators. They may keep Fangio per the report that came out with Schefter yesterday. Um, And those guys on the team, they want to put film out. You're telling me Locke Locke knows his time in Denver is done. He wants to put something on film where he can stay in the league. Um, I'll be honest, the the next game, there is... I'll probably bet that Dalton Schultz scores a touchdown, and that's going to be my only action. Just because, well, this it's like Philly's got like everybody on the on the COVID list. You don't know who's playing. Um, with yep. Dallas, no Gallup. Um, Parsons is on the COVID list. Uh, Smith, yep. the left tackle, is on the COVID list, and they had one other person on the COVID list too that I'm spacing on. So I'm. Oh, I will say this though: Zeke gets a bonus if he gets over a thousand yards on the season. He's eighty-five yards away, so if I find a prop where it's like over eighty-four and a half or something like that, I play that. But that'd be the, my only two things in this. Do you have a opinion on the side or the total? It's currently at plus four for the Eagles, and the total sitting at forty-three. <laughs> Actually, my line's like dead even with you know Vegas. Um, so. The Vegas line, like you said, is at four. I got four four point seven five for Dallas. Um, you know, so again, right on par with what Vegas line is showing. No value to your point of, um, you know, all those players hitting COVID and everything else. And you know, it is it is just kind of more of one of those player prop kind of games if you can find value and you know something there. But nothing on the totals, nothing on the first half lines either. I mean, all these. If I had to take anything, I would, I would lean toward the first half minus two and a half for the Cowboys, and and I, you know, if if that was the only side that I could actually you know suggest to anybody, it would be that one. But you know, personally to me, I don't try to overthink these types of games. Like to your point, too many players on COVID, you know, not enough motivation maybe on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I, I might just stay away completely. But if I had to pick a side, it would be. Dallas minus two and a half in the first half. Um, next game, let's switch back to Sunday. That's my fault, people. Um, we're going to skip the Seattle Cardinals game, and we're going to go right to the Battle of Miami. We have the Patriots versus the Dolphins. Here's my here here. Th- this is my two cents on this. Number one, um, New England's in that kind of must-win category. Teams in that must-win are thirty-eight percent. ATS teams that just won the week before by 28 points or more 44% ATS 
teams that lost by 28%, 28 points or more, 66% ATS. Then I really feel, I'm not a Mac Jones guy. I don't know how you are. I think Miami's defense is going to be able to get to him, create turnovers. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I think they're actually going to struggle running on this defense because this defense, in my eyes, is a top 10 unit in the league. And then you have the whole mental thing. Like, you're telling me that Tua is not going to be motivated saying, hey, I came into the league. This guy was my backup. Now, everyone says this guy is better than me. F that noise. I want to come in. I want to show him why he was my backup. So I love that. I actually got this at seven and plus 250 for the Finns. It's actually, depending on your book, either six or six and a half. What say you about the Patriots and Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, I, I'm right there with you uh, in, in terms of the same mindset and my, you know, and like place of just being with Miami. Um, I also view them as, you know, having the motivation to go out and being a home team. I love home dogs, man, and I absolutely love, you know, this to, to sprinkle money on the money line. I actually am showing statistically a. You know, my line is actually uh, more of a pick 'em game. So if you got it at seven, a full touchdown, that's great. I was only seeing this as high as six and a half on most books. Uh, I think it's come down to six. So again, line line movement in that favor for closing line value. Uh, so if I had to pick a side, it's definitely with Miami at home, being the dog. Um, and I'm I'm actually more tempted to put money on the money line. Everybody always forgets that NFL. They look at it. You know, similar to NBA or something as being a spread sport, in my opinion, it's a money line sport. And, you know, you're going to make more money on that. So, you know, personally, if you just want to hedge, you know, by having something on, you know, the spread itself. Otherwise, I'm playing, you know, straight up on that money line for Miami this week. Yeah, I always put money on both. That's just the way I am. I sure. always do money on both. Sure. Um, next game. Now, Everyone that listens to me knows I like taking the dogs. But this is actually a game where I'm tempted to lay the points. We have the Rams minus four, minus four and a half, depending on the book you have. Now, this is my mindset. Now, more than likely, it's going to be Lance. Um, And that's why I'm waiting, because I want us to know who's playing quarterback for the 49ers. If it's Lance, Lance in his career has never faced anyone like Aaron Donald. And Donald is just going to treat this kid like a little boy, in my eyes, with pass rushing, disruption. You know what I mean? Like, this is something he's never, like, experienced before. And you're going against the best defensive lineman today, maybe the best defensive lineman ever, against a guy who's making his third start who hasn't looked impressive at all. Then you look at the other side. The Rams, they like to throw the ball. You have Cup, who's, what is he? He's 130 yards away from the record, 13 receptions away from the record. And you have Stafford, who gets an undisclosed contract bonus if he gets two TDs and throws for 352 yards. Two TDs to get 40 on the season, 352 yards to get 5,000 on the season. Um, And the 49ers are depleted in the back four, and Jimmy Ward may not play because he's on the COVID list. To me, this says scream, take the Rams. What does it say for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, my model definitely is in favor of the Rams as well. Um, you know, I, I think the line's sitting at minus four and a half with them right now. I'm showing this for it, you know, minus six to cover and, you know, a little higher than that. So definitely within a touchdown, I think, you know, it's definitely favorable for the Rams. I, I don't find value in the line as much, but I definitely lean that way where I do find value is actually with that total, uh, 44 and a half. I'm actually showing, you know, a total in this game. And I mean, to your point of if nobody's laying down, um, I'm showing this up upwards of 53 and a half to 54, almost a nine to 10 point advantage on that total line there. So don't be surprised if you see that move up. Um, the same thing with the first half as well. You know, I'm, I'm looking at that, you know, around 22, for the first half, I'm showing, you know, an average of somewhere around 27. So it might be something else to consider there is, you know, if you, you know, I think there's a, definitely a greater advantage playing the total for the full game versus first half. But, you know, those are definitely where I'm seeing the big 
Now, the next game, and this is a game I believe that we differ on. We have the Panthers getting eight at the Buccaneers over under 41 and a half. Now, my thinking was this, is I took the Panthers just because I really feel that Tampa Bay is going to treat this like a preseason game. Brady may play a quarter, may play a half, because they're just so depleted with injury, especially in the wide receiver core and the linebacker core and in the secondary. They just don't want anyone to hurt, get hurt. They could really care less if they win a week 18 game. This team wants to win the Super Bowl. I think they're just trying to keep, they're just going to, excuse me, treat this game like a preseason game. Because of that, I locked in the Panthers because you have guys that are trying to put stuff on film and a coaching staff that's fighting to keep their job. So I locked it in the eight and the money line plus 310. What do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, my numbers, and you're right, we differ on this one in terms of at least my model, right? Like, I mean, I'm showing Tampa Bay. If if everybody is playing as normal, Tampa Bay covers this game easy, right? And oh, yeah, for sure. It's all about the motiv- motivation here, you know, week 18, right? So, you know, again, I didn't jump on this thing at all, but I have noticed that line move upwards still in favor of Tampa Bay. I mean, it was, to your point, at eight. It's at eight and a half right now. So it's it's moving in the opposite direction of, you know, the value, I guess, in a sense, um, for yourself. Because technically, if I, if I got persuaded by what you just mentioned, I got a hook on you right now. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, outside of that... Um, yeah, I mean, it is a motivational type of game. I I see value, at least just from statistical numbers here. I mean, with Tampa Bay to cover by you know, easily two scores, if not three, the uh, and, and as well as the totals for, you know, for the whole game as well. I mean, sitting at 41 and a half right now, I could project this thing as high as like up to 49 or 50. But, you know, and even the first half, I would still, you know, say the same thing. I... If this were a motivational type of thing, and to your point of you know what's worth it, you know as I sit there and break down the the it in my mind right now and the in real time after everything you just said, I would actually lean in playing Tampa Bay in the first half or the points in the first half because I think that's where you're going to see all the action from players that are actually out there to put on a show for the fans, and then maybe everybody just sits or you know whatever the case may be motivational wise in the second half. Which to your point, nobody's trying to get hurt. You know, Tampa Bay is trying to rest, but, you know, if they are trying to at least play anybody to start the game, I would say, you know, motivation will be heavier in the first half, vice the second half. So, you know, if I had to pick a side, I'm taking Tampa Bay minus five and a half in the first half and maybe over 21 points. Nice. I like those a lot. That makes a lot of sense. And I'll be honest, that's kind of my thought process with the Packers and Lions. I really think Rodgers is going to play a, play a half, play a quarter, and then get, you know what I mean? Like get up, get a little rhythm in. Yeah. And then look to take the Lions live. So kind of the same thought process there. Um, the next game, now I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say some stuff that's going to like blow your head away about this next game. We got the Saints okay. and the Falcons. Right now, depending on the book, it's either Saints laying three and a half or laying four with a total of 39 to 40. Now, the last three games, can you guess how many points per game the Saints and and Taysom Hill, who Sean Payne said was the next Steve Young, are averaging per game. Over how many games? Last three games. Last three games has barely been two touchdowns since they just scored their first touchdown at all <laughs> last weekend. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say seven. Uh, ten points per game. Taysom Hill has okay. graded out as the fourth worst quarterback in the NFL. Now, Matt Ryan, are you ready for this? He's had kind of a quiet season. I think everyone's kind of ignoring how good of a season he's having. PFF has graded him fourth in big-time throws on the year. I really feel that game last week in Buffalo was a little deceitful. Uh, Ryan had that scramble that scored a touchdown, you know, stared the guy down, got got a 15-yard penalty. They ruled he was actually down. So instead of being like fourth and one on the one, it was fourth and goal from the 15. They didn't score. That should have been a one-score game. And I really feel if that was a one-score game, the Falcons would be getting a little bit more respect on the on the, um, on the the line here. 
And you look at Ryan, last time they played at New Orleans, 343 yards, two touchdowns, no INTs. Matt Ryan against the Dennis Allen offense, he's averaging over 325 yards per game, three TDs per game, and less than an INT per game. So, you know, he produces against this um, against this defense, and this Fel- the Saints offense isn't that explosive. I, I got the Falcons at four and a half here over that key number of four, and I locked in a little plus 175. What say you? Yeah, you know, and I, I absolutely love how you referred to last weekend and, and making that comparison there because irony is um, I'm a big Buffalo fan, and I'm also a Falcons fan after watching a lot of my college, you know, uh, fan, you know, people just go to the Falcons. So naturally, I, I was watching both these teams, and last weekend I actually took the Falcons at 15. You know, the line dropped down, I think, to 14 by game time, and sure enough, they covered that, and I actually had them in the first half as well to cover, and they did, uh, and they actually won that outright, actually going by a point into the half. So to your point, yeah, I've been – Falcons have been a team I've been tracking as, you know, kind of under the radar in terms of how they produce and everything of that nature. Uh, If you got them at four and a half, you're sitting a point better than a lot of the public right now. You know, Lions currently at three and a half, and, you know, I actually have this game in favor of the Falcons as well. So I'm in agreement with you to to definitely play the Falcons. I think it's, uh, you know, again, one of these games where if the line is sitting around three, I'm taking the money line. You know, so I would actually play the Falcons money line in this case. Uh, similar to what you just mentioned in terms of Saints production, you know, the total over-under is also at 40. And, you know, I've actually got the under in this game. I'm showing this more around 32, 33 points total. So definitely something to consider there where it's almost about an eight-point edge, um, you know, in terms of projection there. And then similarly for the first half, I've also got an even stronger edge for the Falcons at home at, again, sitting at two and a half when the you know full game is at three and a half. Just take the money line in that situation. You're not going to find any other better value than, you know, this isn't even a field goal, you know, to play for anything under that. Just definitely take the money line in this case. But I've shown the Falcons the first half to be a five-point favorite. So that's almost a seven-point swing. Yeah. Um, in terms of like you know the value there so that's that's actually where my money is i'm putting it on falcons first half and a little bit on the falcons full game as well with the under now the last game um is the chargers that we're going to talk about is the chargers against the raiders um so basically this is a win and you get in if the jags beat the colts both these if if these teams tie they both get in and i'll be honest Anyone that's played sports growing up knows that that's not going to happen. There's not going to be a scenario where these teams just take two knee, take four, three knees and punt. That will never happen. These teams will play it out. Um, this is a true win and you're in. My thought process with this is a little different. So a, I have a pretty substantial future on the Chargers at 32-1 to 1 to win it all. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take the Raiders' money line as a hedge so that way protecting myself because it is a because the the future was a low risk high reward i'm gonna i want to lock in a little bit of profit and i have a little room to play with and then since this basically is a win and you're in type of game i'm seeing the over at 50 but i'm seeing the first half over under at 25 and a half I really think this is going to be a little bit of a tighter game. They're not going to want to blow it. They're going to try to establish the run, keep everything close to their chest. So I'm going to play the over under at 25 and a half and the Raiders money line as a hedge. What about you? So you're taking that first half with the uh, with that total? I'm going to take the first half total of 25 and a half. Five and a half. Nice. Yeah, so I think, you know, Personally, if I'm looking at everything across the board, for me, my play would be Raiders money line full game. Um, you know, I I definitely look at it in their advantage. Um, you know, <laughs> David Carr has been playing well. Uh, everybody around him positionally is doing well, even without Darren Waller and a couple other position players. They've been really stepping up as next man up kind of situation. And, you know, Hunter Renfro has really been kind of one of his great outlets there. Um, you know, in terms of that total, I agree with you. 
first half. I, I mean, personally, my model doesn't say so, but because my line is exactly what you know what you just named, twenty five and a half. Vegas line has actually dropped to twenty four and a half that I'm seeing on some books right now. So I mean, you know, if you got that point advantage, you're you're already looking pretty there. But you know, in terms of like the overall game. Uh, you know, I actually could see this going above 49 and a half, uh, not by a lot, but, you know, definitely a four point swing there as well. So, you know, from a totals perspective, I'm staying away from a side perspective, it's Raiders money line for me or nothing. So, you know, I'm just kind of watching a little bit, making sure that everybody else is, you know, in there because that line around three right now, that's not going to shift too much more. Um, you know, it might shift a little bit toward the Chargers, which means the money line might go up a little bit more for the Raiders. But, you know, outside of that, that's that's kind of what I'm waiting and watching to see, you know, what happens here, you know, come the weekend. So, you know, barring any expect, unexpected news for tomorrow, you know, I'm looking at the Raiders money line myself. And I also kind of feel like the book is kind of talking to you. The fact that, I mean, I'm looking at it right now, the fact it's basically three across every single betting market kind of tells you all you need to know. It's kind of like the book is kind of trapping you into kind of taking the three with the Chargers. That's, I mean, that's kind of how yeah. I feel. Um, so, David, I would like to thank you for coming on, um, using part of your Friday to talk a little sports betting from the analytics side. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on um, Twitter and Instagram and anything that you have coming up for your pages? Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, always a pleasure, man. I, I'm glad you got me in here for the last week as well. And I, I really hope everybody takes to heart, you know, a lot of what, you know, we're seeing and saying together because, you know, this is where the value lies, in my opinion. Um, you know, if anybody wants to reach out, you know, ever talk anything, you can find me on Instagram at alpha underscore analytics 21. Uh, similarly, I just actually have got a little more active on my Twitter page as well. I started to just post free uh, free picks on there that I'm like seeing and modeling. And so uh, if you want to look me up there, uh, you can find me at, at Denver Dog Better with a OR is, you know, under the better. Um, definitely finding a lot of dog value here. Uh, it, it still has my same logo, so you should be able to find me pretty easily within, you know, from Instagram to Twitter. But uh, yeah, that's everything right now in terms of what's coming up. You know, I'm definitely still looking at a lot of March Madness, you know, ahead of us. Um, definitely looking more at NBA. And, you know, I'm just getting my hockey model up and going too. So anytime you want to talk to any of those other weeks, feel free to reach out, man. I'll definitely do that, my man. You have a good weekend. Hopefully it's a profitable week. Actually, I take that back. I know it's going to be a profitable weekend for both of us. Uh, there you, you go. <laughs> you have a good one, my friend. We'll talk soon. That's it for today's show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'd like to thank my guest, Jason, a.k.a. Bully the Line, for coming on and talking Georgia, Alabama. I would also like to thank David, a.k.a. Alpha Analytics, on Instagram for coming on and talking some NFL betting. Guys, it's a great weekend of sports. Hopefully, this is going to help you cash some tickets. Let's make some money and also make sure, please check out my horse racing page. I posted a $27 ticket that returned $1,300 earlier today. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. Please like, please subscribe, please review this podcast. Until next week, my friends.